The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I am so delighted to have you with us today. Whether you're listening to the show live or whether you're listening to a download later, it's always nice to know that you've joined us in some way. Take a look, as I always say, to the Self-Improvement blog because you're really going to want to see the picture of our guest today. Read her bio. There's some videos in the right sidebar. And by all means, please read the review of her book. This is a wonderful book. I recommend right now that you get a copy either um, in an ebook or uh, in a printed copy. I, I almost on this book would recommend a printed copy so you can sit with it and have the questions in front of you. But, you know, that's your call. Um, I, just, I just think that what's coming is... Well worth your while, and I highly recommend that you get as much of what this lovely woman teaches as you possibly can. Lucy Van Pelt from the Peanuts, from the comic strip, declared, I don't like downs. I only want ups and ups and ups. You know, most of us are like that. I, I don't have to tell you that life has its ups and downs, and sometimes it feels like there's more downs than ups. You already know that. And like Lucy, we want only ups. And there are all kinds of trite phrases about how to deal with the downs, like, you know, make lemonade when you get lemons. Uh, you've probably heard of as many of those as I have. But when you realize that your life is having many more downs than ups, what do you do about it? Who's responsible for your life anyway? Well, you know, you are. So if you're responsible for it, where do you start? We're going to talk about that today with somebody who's been there, done that. Our guest today realized that, quote, her life sucked, unquote, and she decided to do something about it. We all know what that means. Sometimes your life sucks. You know, we, we probably have all used that phrase. From what she learned along the way in her process down a different path, she created a website called Romancing the Stone and wrote a book called Lead with Your Heart, Creating a Life of Love, Compassion, and Purpose. Today we're going to talk about how you move from a life that sucks to a life of love, compassion, and purpose. Regina Cates, a spiritual teacher, transformational author, and I love this, positivity junkie. 
inspires hundreds of thousands of people every day to live lives of limitless possibility. She's come a long ways from a life that sucks, wouldn't you say? She was educated as a classical musician on the French horn, one of my favorite instruments, and played drums in a rock and roll band. Lovely kind of combination, isn't it? Classical French horn and drums and rock and roll. She earned a bachelor's degree in teaching from Sam Houston State University in Texas and a master's in public and private management from Birmingham Southern College in Alabama. She worked as assistant circulation director for the Columbia, Missouri newspaper and as director of the MBA program at Berry College in Georgia. It is such an honor and a pleasure to welcome Regina Cates to the Self-Improvement Show. Regina, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited about having you on the show. I am so looking forward to hearing from you. When I finished reading your book, I, you know, my my feeling was, "Oh my gosh, I found somebody who really walks her talk." And that always <laughs> excites me. I I love it. Tell us about yourself. Who is Regina Cates? I am a work in progress, Irene. <laughs> I am a work in progress and I am having such an incredible life uh making I guess what you said, lemonade out of the lemons that I was given. I, I am a woman in transformation. I am a woman who has found her power and uses it to not only help myself but help other people. I am happy. I choose happiness. And I am, I guess, that positivity junkie and a superhero rolled into one. I love that. You know, positive thinking <laughs> is just so incredibly important, and few of us realize the impact it has on ourselves and on everybody around us. You know, I think now, now and then I get into a negative day. It's rare, but I do that now and then. And and my, I, you know, I, I try not to have a very long pity party, but now and then, <laughs> you know, now and then. And and when I'm through it, I'm thinking, how did I get there? Yeah, you know, well, what a what a miserable way to spend my day. What 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 a waste. What did I learn? What did I learn from all that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and if I learned something, fine. Let's get going on it. And if I didn't, then you know, I'm probably going to do it again until I learn the lesson. I don't know. You'd think that you'd you'd get it once. You know, now now and then you'd get it. I have to ask you this question. How can you move from the classical French horn to the drums in a rock and roll band? I love that. I just love it. I think that I always had this rhythmic uh, bent. I, I Even when I was in junior high and high school and I played the trumpet and I played the French horn, which I love the French horn, I always was beating on my leg or something with chopsticks. And, and I think that once I became an adult and my classical French horn career was over, it was almost a path that I went down on professionally, Irene, but I think that the powers that be had a greater purpose for me. So instead of uh, continuing my love of music playing the French horn, I went into that passion that I'd had as a child and taught myself uh, to be a rock and roll drummer. I'm going to say I was mediocre, average. We made it by. Uh, French horn, was, I was pretty good, but uh, I really made that transition just because I loved it. Well, there's not, you don't get many gigs as a French horn soloist. Not really, no. no, no. There's not much out there for that. It's just exciting. <laughs> 
to, to see what you could do with music. And I'm, do you ever play now? Do you, do you play in, in a band? Do you get together? No, no, no. I put that down a long time ago. My life has had many, many iterations. Uh, in fact, my mom and dad were talking about that the other day, of making a list of everything that I have done in my short 57 years. And uh, today I am an appreciator of music, especially music for young folks. I just attended a great concert to see some of these young people at seven and eight years old doing things on the piano. Mm, that, oh wonderful. My goodness, yeah, I only dream of. Well, we have some really bright kids, but let's talk about you and what you're doing with other things. What led you to start a website called Romancing the Soul? What a great title, Romancing the Soul, and to write a book about leading with your heart. How did you get from the sucky life to (laughs) (laughs) to Romancing the Soul? Yeah, it's actually romancing your soul. I think romancing the soul is something else. Uh, so it's romancing your soul uh, is the website title. How I got from where I was to where I am now is a beautiful journey, Irene, in surrender and assuming responsibility that I am the one who threw the pity party. That means that I'm the one that needs to stop throwing those for myself. Yeah. Uh, basically, it was an idea that I was tired of waiting on something outside me to become right before my life would not suck anymore. Uh, there was just a moment, I think, many, many moments throughout my life where I took my power and I refused to just buy into what other people wanted for me. But there was a pivotal moment in my life when I really was throwing a wonderfully huge pity party and no one showed up. And in that stillness, going through several boxes of tissues, my soul spoke to me, and it had been speaking to me throughout our lives. This happens to us all the time. As you know, we just ignore it. Well, yeah, we don't pay attention. We don't pay attention. And, boy, I tell you what, this, this is one thing that I am a proponent of today is paying attention to that wiser part of us. The heart is what I call it. That, that knowing within us that we've left our keys and it tells us. But that day on the couch when I was about 43 years old having this wonderful pity party, actually it was my 43rd birthday, having this wonderful pity party that was horrible, uh, I woke up and I woke up to the fact that I am my own superhero. Uh, there will be people in my life that support me and they get on the Regina bandwagon and that's great, but if I'm not my biggest fan and greatest cheerleader, then why in the world would someone want to do that? Good thought. Mm-hmm. So, so, and, and so. to answer the rest of your question of how I wrote this book, is Irene, I did not have a guidebook on how to create the best life when I was growing up, and, and I really wanted to leave that as part of my legacy and the work that I do through Romancing Your Soul and the book, is to actually help folks in a way of, of seeing where they are now and how they can get from point A where they are to point B. I have been there, done that. I have mastered my mind and the silly little things that it tells me. And so through that effort, I have a gift now of being able to help shine lights in dark corners for folks. And and it really does help when you have someone that is, as you know, because you do the same work, uh, been there, done that, and can actually give you some advice on what works. The thing that I appreciate the most about your work is how incredibly transparent you are. You, you don't hold anything back. It's like, I'll, I'll let them see all of it, you know, as I call it, warts and all. 
because somebody else may be in the same place. Now, a lot of writers won't do that. They make everything sound like, well, yeah, they had a few bumps along the road, but their life was really pretty good, and they know now how to tell you to get your sucky life cleaned up. You know, (laughs) you you let yours all out there. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it rings with tr- with a-, a feeling of truthfulness and openness that you don't find in very many of these books that have people telling you what to do to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I-, I appreciate that. And-, and my guess is that you're going to have a lot of people tell you that same thing. I mean, you, you reveal some things that I'm thinking that must be really hard to lay out there but actually in the scheme of things it isn't you know what you're absolutely right and and that's what I think a lot of folks fear that once you become honest with yourself then people won't like you and and it's actually the opposite of that and you know that when we own our journey when we own that we were uh, not the best person in the world that's when you really for me at least turn was able to turn my life around so Transparency for me, I think, just comes naturally. It is who I am. And, and the reason it is who I am, Irene, is because I have nothing to hide. Therefore, I don't have to hide from anything. I, I am an honest person. The most important thing to me is to be exactly what I say I am. That is the goal that I wake up with uh, when I uh, wake up in the morning, and it's the one that I go to sleep with at night. Because if I'm not going to be totally honest with me, then how in the world can I be honest with the world? It's impossible to do that. So I think that being transparent and owning our journey and owning everything that we have done wrong and how we're doing it right is how we develop self-intimacy. I agree. And what it did for your book was lay a foundation for the reader to know that Here's some things that really worked for you, and it's okay to try them. You know, mm-hmm. what, you, what you gave will probably work for almost everybody. Um, it's because it's, it's so honest and it's so open. And on that note, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what it means to lead with the heart. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Regina Cape, saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America.
You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Regina Cates, who wrote this wonderful book called Leading With Your Heart. And I want to talk about that. You talk about leading with your heart instead of your head. Most of us think, you know, our head is the only director we have. And you talk about leading with your heart instead of the traditional following your heart. What do you mean by leading with the heart? One of the wonderful ahas that I had, Irene, in life is that my mind has a mind of its own. <laughs> oh, yes. So, so, And that was another one of those wake-ups that I, I figured out, and it really hit me like a ton of bricks of, oh, my goodness, just because I have a thought doesn't mean that that's accurate or real. And I also had that uh, wonderful experience when I was a young child of, of being on the horse, and it ran away with me. And at four years old or four and a half years old, I had no idea what to do. And this voice within me, somewhere deep within me, powerful, said, lean down and hold the neck. And as the horse, who had just given birth and was going back to her little colt, uh, ducked to get under this low-hanging roof that was a tin roof, I avoided injury and death. Wow. From the age of four and a half, that gift that I received from a wisdom deep within me let me understand. Now, I haven't always listened to it, Irene. This, this has been a process of learning how to listen to it day by day. But I realized at a young age that we have something within us that is very wise and very uh, powerful. And that's the part of us that I'm talking about with the heart. Leading with the heart is actually listening to that voice within us and acting upon what is best for us. It's the one that says don't go out with him because he's arrogant even though he's gorgeous, you know, and we ignore that because yeah. he's beautiful. Yeah, that's the part of us. And, and so that for me at a young age and throughout my life, I have been working very hard. Following our heart is not necessarily the best advice because that to me rings true of following whatever your mind thinks is best, such as it's okay to go out with that handsome guy even though he's totally arrogant and self-absorbed. Because you can change him. Yes. (laughs) You're the one that can change him. (laughs) We have to. You know, our world will become 100% different. I really believe this. When folks really understand that they're in charge of their head, not the other way around, uh, you know, we really are in charge of what we think and why, because our thoughts create our behavior and our behavior creates our life. And anyone who has reached the state of mastering a mind, and by that I mean, hey, What are you telling me? Why are you saying that? What is the motivation behind these thoughts? That's what it means to master the mind, to be aware that you're thinking and why. Anyone who does this work, and it's not nearly as hard as our mind tells us, Irene, okay? So that's the first thing we have to get over. Uh, Anyone who does this work actually comes to the place of seeing that they have such great wisdom within them, uh, and they can act upon that wisdom. And that's you know that's very true. We have we have a depth of wisdom that sometimes is surprising to us, mm-hmm. and we can ta- we can tap into all that's known if you know if we know how to do that, mm-hmm. if we're open to doing that. 
Um, yeah, yeah, that's. A, mm-hmm, that, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's another reason that I spent time writing the book. You've asked me why. I want other people to know how you can tap into that. I was raised, you know, in a religious circumstance, but it never really told me how to connect to that wise part of me. It always told me that it was something outside myself, and yet I. Well, really yeah, I yeah. was raised to believe that a minister had to tell me what was okay, or you know, I couldn't go right. To, to a god or the source or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call the seed of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody clear. else ha- was much smarter than I was, and they would tell me what to believe and what to do and how to live my life. Oh, goodness, yes. And that's why I have a wonderful uh, chapter in the book that took me a very long time to write called Question Your Belief. <laughs> and, 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 yes, that is a very powerful chapter. And you started with questioning beliefs mm-hmm. why did you put that as your starting place uh-huh. isn't is that always the best starting place to me yeah the answer is yes but of course yeah questioning the path that we're on is really the first step that i talk about in the book because we have to have that my goodness where are we now and where do we want to be uh we we have to do that sort of strategic view of our life and say well my goodness my life is really sucking and let me list the way yeah. <laughs> one of my questions is what do you believe that nobody told you you had to believe and people looked at me look at me like huh uh-huh. <laughs> what uh-huh yeah and then when they question. think about it they realize that pretty much everything they believe is what they were told they had to believe and they need to set about searching their own inner life, inner ideas, inner thoughts, inner being. Absolutely, because how would you know to be true to yourself if you aren't the one that originates that truth? Uh, It's impossible. You know, I deal with a lot of folks that are in arranged marriages. I I work with folks all over the world, and, and these folks come to me, and they're so absolutely devastated because they cannot marry the person they love. They have to marry the person that their parents choose for them. Yeah. And it is devastating, and the the only solution that we have is that, you know, we have to change old beliefs by changing uh, our response to them, and it takes great courage. I've done that all of my life. And as a result, I have been able to live my life in a, in a wonderful way. And I know what courage it takes. I know what it takes to go up against these things that we've been taught. But here's the thing. If we don't do that, then we don't change. Exactly. And we don't really live either. No, no we are programmed. And it is time for us to no longer be programmed by people that have an agenda in that programming. It's called wanting power. Yes, it is. <laughs> wanting power mm-hmm. and control of, of of other people. You know, I, I was kept in line with the threat of hell. You know, oh, if, you, if you're, oh, yeah. you're not perfect, you're going to go to hell. And mm-hmm. now I don't want to be perfect, and I don't really believe in hell. So, got well, that I've already done. been there. <laughs> You've probably been <laughs> in hell too. You know, that was that was yeah. that horrible pity party where nobody showed up. You know, I, exactly. I part of the hell was created by all of those horrible beliefs that were so judgmental and dogmatic. And my goodness, it, it wasn't aligned with love. Even as a child, I was going, what in the world are you people talking about? Yeah, let's talk about love. Mm-hmm. Now, love to me is the hardest thing to define or explain. We all, we all have an idea what it is. When you talk about love... You know, what do you mean? What are you ta- def- What are you defining as love? 
I understand exactly what you're talking about, about it being difficult to define, uh, because I wasn't, that's part of the guidebook that I've set down, is actually what I believe it means to, to love and be loved. And it's, it's more than affection and more than caring. We receive love and we give love, Irene, and it's taken me a long time to figure this out through positive actions. That's how we love ourselves and that's how we love other people. So, we can have an affection and caring, but it's how we demonstrate that affection and caring that proves our love. I think that when the world really understands that love is positive behavior, then we will have that construct that we can put within our heart and we can understand when we're being loving or not. Uh, you know, love is more than just this physical attraction because that could wane a bit if, if you now figure out... Oh. <laughs> some things that you about your partner that you were just like, mm, I didn't really sign up for this, you know. But yeah. love itself never dies. Love is that caring and affection that is demonstrated through positive behavior. You have a wonderful piece in your book on kindness. And this whole chapter spoke to me of what love is. Uh, and can you do you have in your at the front of your mind a couple of the stories you have on the chapter on kindness? You know, you have a couple of your own and some of other people's. But well, being I can kind have I can have uh, you know many examples from my own life about kindness. It, it whenever we demonstrate a caring and a, and a compassion and empathy for another form of life, that's kindness. Whether that be the young man who tried to avoid me on his bicycle when we were going down the sidewalk and he got too close to a one of those food cart tables here in Los Angeles and he crashed his bike. Uh, he was trying to avoid me and then I ran over and helped him up. That's kindness. It's about caring about another human being. Exactly. Um, I, when I was a young person, I would <clears throat> dry off little birds that were caught in thunderstorms. I was very concerned that my dog had to stay outside when, it, when he hated the thunder and lightning. It's about being able to see ourselves in other forms of life and being gentle with them. You know, being gentle was one of the strongest things that we will ever do. And gentleness is expressed through kindness. It's what, how we can make someone's life better. And we, do, we make our own life better in that, too. Yeah, you have to be pretty strong to be gentle sometimes. You know, I think about some of the stories you told about giving to the homeless, uh, yeah. being aware that somebody's hungry, uh, just, you know, all of those stories, everyday stuff, everyday stuff, you know, mm-hmm. here's somebody that looks really sad, mm-hmm. you know, so what do you do? You're going to put your arm around them and say, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. No, that that's love. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Kindness is one of the behaviors of love. So is cooperation, patience, understanding, inclusiveness, loyalty, honesty. All of these beautiful things that we love about people, you know, people of, of values are people to value. They're the ones that we value. Uh, we're, n- we're not uh, excited about all these criminals and crooks. We're excited about the young man who uh, takes, takes his faith onto the field in soccer, and even though we don't win, we're excited that this young man defended the United States' goal to a new World Cup record. These are the kind of people that we admire, and it's because they're people of values. But on the same note, you know, we need to be kind to that guy in jail, too. You know, the oh. thing that really bothers me is that when somebody is incarcerated, 
it's like they're forgotten sometimes. And, and why are we just punishing them instead of teaching them a skill or giving them some way to make a living or, you know? Yeah, yeah, they... that's, that's definitely where kindness comes in, too. And also, we are not going to... Uh, I was thinking of people like Bernie Madoff when I was giving oh, that yeah, speech. Oh, well, okay? yeah, well, Those people that intentionally and over a long period of time have, have hurt other folks. You know, we have a, a, an epidemic of violence within our country, and we have an epidemic of people that have been lost within the system. And I don't mean the system of government. I mean the system of the family. And that family could look any way it wants to, Irene. I'm talking about people who value values and teach their children values and don't let them learn them from the television. So what yes. happens is that these people go out and they do whatever they can do because they have no construct on values, and then we throw them into a place that is cold and hard and nasty and cruel, and they will never recover from that. We can only change these folks if we approach it with love and kindness. And that's what's happening in many of our penal institutions today where they're bringing in, like, um, there's one in Oregon that deals with uh, young men, uh, felony offenders. It's called Project Pooch. And these young men are paired with a homeless uh, dog or a shelter dog, and they rehabilitate them. These people are having phenomenal results. The recidivism rate is almost zero. And it's interesting that the recidivism rate on other programs is almost 100%. Oh, absolutely, because we're not addressing them as people. We're not addressing the root cause of this, and that is that these folks have not been loved. These folks have been a product of whatever their environment is. And, And even though they do have to take responsibility, Irene, these folks have to want to change. When you go into the circumstances, such as the prisons, and you work with these folks, they do want to change. They are tired of living like this, at least a lot of them. And they don't really have the tools in these institutions in order to do so. But the goal and unfortunately, is to keep them out. Yeah, unfortunately, they're not going to get them. We need to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about love and, I guess, romancing your soul. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Regina Cates, saying, don't go away. We're going to be back with more. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Have you ever noticed that sometimes life just feels easier, especially when judgment of you or anyone else ceases to exist? What if you could function from that space all the time? What if gratitude is the key? Every time you are grateful for someone or something, a new universe opens up. What difference can you create in your life and the world from the energy, space, and consciousness of gratitude? Join us on Access Consciousness Presents Beyond Saying Thank You every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog 
at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Regina Cates. We're talking about her wonderful book, Lead With Your Heart, and some of the things she's learned along her life's journey, which, by the way, are very helpful to all of us who are on a spiritual path or a path of improving our lives. We were talking about the penal system and some of the problems it has when we went to break, which brings me to the fact that most of these people who are incarcerated don't know how to feel love. They don't know how to love themselves. No one's reached out to them to help them with these very important things. And Regina, you talk in your book about how important it is for us to love ourselves first. Can you talk a little bit about that? I grew up in a situation where I had no clue, as we've discussed before, uh, how to love myself. What were the actions that we actually take to love ourselves, such as being loyal, being honest with ourselves, being our biggest fan and, and greatest cheerleader? Until we actually do these for ourselves and they become a consistent part of our habits, such as being patient. There was a time that I was not a patient person, but I've taught myself to be patient, basically, because there are so many circumstances that I cannot affect and change. So now that I am a patient person as a habit, see, these are new habits that we have to establish. Now that I'm patient with myself, I can be patient with other people. It was impossible for me to do that when I was not a patient person. That's why we have to love ourselves first. It's not selfish. It is extremely responsible because unless we have those behaviors of love and we give them to ourselves, more often than not, then we are not going to be able to give them to other people. It's just it's a fallacy. We might fake it. But we will grow resentful, we will become angry, and all of these other things, unless they're real, unless they're a part of our nature. So the entire book is based upon how we change habits. You know, it's, it's not this woo-woo kind of thing uh, of you've got to do this list of 100 things. It's about how we change habits to actually live as patient people, as empathetic people, as compassionate people, as people who love themselves so that they have the open heart to love others. And that goes back to the starting place of asking the questions about your own beliefs, doesn't mm-hmm. it? But what do I, here I am. Let's say I, I'm sitting in a, a jail cell. I did something. I stole something or I don't know what I did. But I, I've never been around people who were loving. And I certainly don't love myself. And I'm really angry that I guess I didn't get away with it. And, you know, I, I don't really know how to do much of anything because I didn't finish high school, I didn't go to college, I have no real marketable skills, where on earth do I start to love myself? Where do I see love in action? Yeah, that's, um, that's where we all start, whether we're in, incarcerated for something that we've done or whether we're in a bad relationship for the 16th time or whatever. We don't actually have to be behind bars in nope. order to ask ourselves. Oh, we make our own jail. We make our own jail. That's right, because I was certainly in, in a prison that I had created. It wasn't one that uh, someone else held the keys to. I held the keys. 
And even if someone is in prison, then they still hold the keys to their own life and their own behavior. And I think that it comes to the point of getting hold of resources, such as my book. That's another reason that I wrote it, so it can be an everyday language kind of thing of where do you do begin? How is it that if you've never experienced love, how is it that you do begin doing that? Uh, I think that's a wonderful question for all of us to ask. It's a matter of certainly when someone's incarcerated, they don't have the freedom to have the access to the guides that are out there. But that would certainly be a good place for anybody else who does have the choice on what they want to do. We have to have a level of awareness, Irene, as you know. And we have to have the awareness, number one, that our life is sucking so bad and that we're the only person that can make those changes. Even if someone is in prison, we have seen countless numbers of people who have gotten behind bars and they go into the library and they pick up a couple of books and they start reading and their mind is opened because they've never been exposed to anything else other than than what they were taught. And their heart starts to open and they do take a different path. I think for us, we need to make those resources available to them so that they can make that choice. Oh, I totally agree. Our young people have the same problem. They don't quite know who they are yet, and they're they're flailing around uh, trying to discover who they are, what they want to do. Uh, what would you tell a, a teenager about loving herself or himself? Where do they start? You know, maybe mom and dad are fighting all the time, and they don't see much love in their house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, there's there's a um, something that I had to do in my life, and and it was very difficult. But I had to separate myself out from people that were not in my best interest, and even those were family members. You know, there was not a there was a time when my mom and dad did not support me being who I was either. And people can read about that in the book. Uh, the one thing that I didn't share in the book, which is first later on, is that once I did tell them that I was gay at the age of 18, even though I've known this since I was about three or four, I was institutionalized. I was molested by a physician that they sent me to. Uh, so what I tell young people today is that you have to, when you get to a certain age and a choice, you need to to move into a circle of people that support you in being the best that you possibly can. I have found that this book is actually helping people that are in their early teens and their mid-teens because they can relate to the stories even though that might not have happened to them. One thing that I think is important, Irene, is that we want to, if we really want to raise the next generation to have it better than ourselves, then it is up to us to see what we are putting into their minds and hearts. We have to be the steward of what we allow in. And that is extremely important because we have to teach our children values so that they can end disputes in a nice way, so that they no longer gossip, so they no longer are consumeristic-driven. We have to up the ante and give them the tools necessary to deal with conflict in a positive way. We are failing our children in this way. It is not about things. It is about being. See, doing is something totally different than being. And leading with our heart is the way to be because whatever you do when you lead with your heart and you lead with these values of love and honesty and compassion and all of these, then whatever you do in life will be enhanced tremendously. And where along the way, if they don't get this at home, I know they don't get it at school, where can they come in contact with this? Well, it's, it's, you know, there's groups all over the Internet now. Romancing Your Soul uh, appeals to children, too, but there's thousands and thousands of folks out there saying, listen, you know, and there's people that are targeting young people. 
so there's the information is out there. When the person is willing to go in a new direction in their life and they get to that age where they can, uh, then there, it's up to them to go ahead and start looking for these resources and looking for these people. Often we have to divorce the family that we have for a period of time, like I did, set boundaries, which is another part of the book, in order to get ourselves together, so to speak, so that we can enter back into those relationships. Too Absolutely. often parents want to make their children into what they want them to be, and that is the greatest disservice because your child has already come in with an idea of what it needs to be in life what it wants to do in life. Um, a perfect example is I have a little friend who at the age of four started singing opera. Today at 15, she's an accomplished opera singer, and they say that she will be, by the time she's 30, one of the best in the world. It's and she knows. nurtured that within her instead of forming her into who they wanted her they to be. They wanted. You know, and it's wonderful. There's a wonderful knowing that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And when, you, when your heart is hungry, you're going to find somebody who will teach you. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to come along. You, you gave me a question that I, I love. Um, I'm, I'm looking. What does it actually look like to live as a spiritual being having a great human adventure? It looks a, a, a lot like just being the best person that you possibly can, Irene. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for yeah. For so many years. Yeah, it really does. You know, I think a lot of times that we think that this is woo-woo and we think that this is only for enlightened messengers and, and folks that we hear about, and that's great. But the Dalai Lama himself and all of these other people who are enlightened say, listen, you are exactly the same as I am. I just do these particular things every day. And that's another reason that I wrote this particular book. What does it actually look like to be a spiritual being? Well, it's it looks like getting up every day and being devoted to being the best person you possibly can by paying attention to what's most important in the moment, by not thinking that we can multitask, by busting that multitasking myth out of the water. It's everyday tangible actions that we take that keep us connected to that wise part of us the part of us that is not the ego, the part of us that is not the mind. It's the part where happiness resides and compassion and empathy and all of the joy that we want to experience in life. So there are actions that we can take, and they're simple. They're not these deep actions, you know, these these hard things to do. They're very simple, and each one of us can do them. I think you say it in the in the title of your book, Creating a Life of Love, Compassion, and Purpose. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's to me what it means. That's, you know, that's I, exactly it, yes. But there's tangible actions involved in doing that. You know, life doesn't just create itself. We have to be the magician of that. We have to be the, the stonemason of our own life. We have to be the one that takes the actions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, darn it, sorry. <laughs> that's sorry. the bad news, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is one of those, Regina being completely open and honest. Yeah, you know, and when we, we discover that, Irene, then we become powerful because then we can start taking the actions necessary to actually create the life we want. I'm not saying that that's always going to look like the yellow brick road. I've had to let a lot of people go. I've had to make a lot of hard decisions. But I tell you what, on the other side of that courage... On the other side of that determination is a life that is so amazingly rich. Yes. 
Without a doubt. On that note, we're going to go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Regina Cates, saying stay tuned. We're going to be back with more. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Regina Cates, and we've been talking about her wonderful new book, Lead With Your Heart. Uh, Regina, how can they find you, and how can they find your book? They can find it on the Self-Improvement blog, but where else can they find it? Um, The book is available through Amazon.com in the United States, the United Kingdom, and Canada. It's also available in bookstores nationwide here in the U.S., uh, it's available for download throughout the world through uh, Nook and Kindle. Uh, they can find me at romancingyoursoul.com and on Facebook, Romancing Your Soul. Very good. And I, and, and I hope people do contact you uh, because I think you have a lot to offer anybody who's looking for a little bit of direction on how to get their sucky life unsucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my new tagline. I can feel. Yes, that I, I think so. One of the <laughs> one of the things you talk about your book that I thought was particularly uh, meaningful was this the the caring about the wake you leave. And you have a story about being in a boat. Talk about leaving the wake. Everything that we do, since we're energy, you know, we're energy, Irene, you know that. When someone oh, I know that, the, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, and other people know it too. Um, someone walks into the room and they're angry and you can feel that energy that they're leaving. So, oh, the, yeah, before they get of, in the door. That's exactly right. Before the door is even open, you can. And when someone's joyful, you can feel that too. Um, we leave a, a wake with everything that we do and everything we think and everything we say. 
And I think often when I was growing up, I know this, it's not a, something I, I am unsure about. I know for sure that I did not care how my actions either impacted me or other people. And one day I had this amazing aha that my behavior not only creates my life, but it impacts other people too. That's where we really start loving others is when we care not only about how our behavior is going to impact us, but also care how our behavior is going to impact someone else. That is, I think, the ultimate of self-responsibility and self-love. Once we reach that spot, then, my goodness, the world opens uh, for us. It's, it's amazing what happens when we care about the wake that our behavior leaves. And doesn't empathy come in here, too? Sure. Sure. You know, it's it's interesting because it really comes down to this one thing, and that is treat other people as you want to be treated. But here's the little spin that I put on that. Treating other people as you want to be treated does not mean waiting for them to go first. Oh, very good point. Okay. And that's that's the whole thing. Who is going to actually lead in this process? Well, those of us that really want to lead in this process have to push ego aside. That will give us all sorts of reasons and justifications why we have to ego box with a rude driver. When we lead with our heart, we say, what in the world is that going to gain for me? How is that going to help uh, spread positive energy in my life. And so we wake up and we stop ego boxing with those rude drivers or those drivers who are not paying attention to what they do and they do things mindlessly. That's only one tiny example that we can all relate to. But I tell you what, when we stop engaging in those kind of negative behaviors, then all of a sudden we start feeling better. You know, Oh, absolutely. Often, yeah. yeah I remember the days the that I would to... get into some road, road rage myself and now... You know what? I just think, oh, they must be having a really tough day. And I send them loving energy. And it, my, you can't stay mad when you're doing that. Well, you can't. And also, you really have to, it's, it's sort of a, a way to look at it by saying, what is it really going to do? I've never in 57 years encountered anybody who I went up to them and said, hey, you know, you really need to change your behavior, at least a stranger. Now, for, for family and friends, we need to do this. This is how we learn values. But a stranger on the road, I've never encountered anybody that I've run up and said, hey, you were really behaving like an ass. And they wrapped their arms around me and said, thank you so much for waking me up. It doesn't work like that. It, no, it doesn't. So why engage? Unless there's life that's at risk, Irene, and I've, I've done that many times. If someone is about to be hurt or an animal, I will jump into that in a heartbeat. But if it's just a rude driver who is honking, I'm not going to engage with that. I'm not stooping to their level because no. they're not in control of themselves. But, you know, for my own well-being, I send them love, you know, or realize that, you know, something's really askew in their life, and, and I... You know, find that I have some compassion for them, and then I'm not angry. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel bad for anybody who's having a day so rough or a life so rough at that particular time that well, they, they have to themselves. feel like that. Yeah, they don't love themselves. I send them fluffy bunnies. You you read that? Oh, stuff? I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's wonderful. That's what I send them. Mm-hmm. I send them a whole lot of fluffy bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have, we have to be realistic, Irene. You know, no matter how 
spiritual we are, we're still going to, the, the behavior of others, especially when it's horribly rude and, and impacts us negatively, is going to make us angry. That's just normal. But it's how we deal with that anger that's most important. And so in the book I talk about focusing on something that's cute and cuddly, like my little fluffy bunny. And I say it and I scream it loud to myself, fluffy bunny, fluffy bunny, fluffy bunny, because you can't get, you, it, it allows the anger that is natural that comes up to disperse so before you get into a circumstance where you're ego boxing with someone that's that's just not worth your time one you know before we get into the very last thought how important is forgiveness hmm forgiveness oh. is the key to our freedom forgiveness is the understanding that you cannot go back and change anything that has already happened but if you do not let go of the idea that someone should have done something different, then you are still energetically connected to that person and they still have power over you. Once we get that particular aha within our heart, then we forgive the babysitter that molested us and we forgive the physician that molested us. Why? Not because I'm condoning what these two people did. They never asked me for their forgiveness. What happened is that I got tired of carrying them around with me. They were not worth it. And so I forgave them, which means to me releasing the resentment that I was still carrying that they should have known better. Of course, hello, but they didn't behave knowing better. So I have to know better. I have to release and I have to forgive and move on. Doesn't mean I condone it. Doesn't mean that I want to have anything to do with them. But it means that I'm no longer... Uh, wedded to them energetically. They no longer have power over me. A memory comes in and I just let it go because I'm not going to give it any attention anymore. They no longer can hurt me. And for everybody that has said, I can't forgive them, please hear what Regina just said. Can't means I won't. It sets you free. Yeah, Irene, can't means I won't. Okay? Yes, you know, yes. And we're, we're wedded to this idea that people should have known better. Well, I tell you what, I stole 20 bucks out of my dad's wallet one time, and I knew better, but not emotionally. And what I mean by that is I did not have the emotional awareness to feel what it felt like to have money stolen from me. As soon as people wake up and they actually have emotional awareness to feel what it feels like to abuse someone else, when they do, if they do, then they never do that behavior again. But our sitting there wanting them to wake up emotionally is impossible. They can only do that themselves. So exactly. why are we involved? Why are we still holding on to that idea that we can beat it into them? We cannot do that. So, so true. What's next, Regina? What's next on your agenda? Mm. <laughs> well, it's interesting... One of the most important things that I've learned now that I'm, I'm totally devoted to doing what it is that I do is that you don't really make any kind of definitive plan. <laughs> I know. You know? You know that. I know. I never planned to move to Los Angeles, California. Are you kidding? I'm a Southern girl. And then, and then that power that be said, well, wait a second, I have a different idea. And I now am seeing after 10 years, Irene, how the pattern is flowing. So what's next for me, I think, is, is continuing to dream big. I want to have my own television show that is that is goes international and we're working on that now i want to get uh, some huge exposure which we're working on now i am getting ready to develop an entire podcast series that will go out Whoa. throughout the world uh so there's a lot of different things there's a world. lot of things it, what's the thought of- you'd like to leave with our listeners today we're right up at the end 
No matter what has happened to you in your life, do not let that define you. You have the power to live the most incredible life when you choose to do it. Fantastic. Next week's guest is Mark Slater, who founded eReflect, that makes self-improvement software that helps you with vocabulary, speed reading, and even spelling. Regina, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. This is Irene Conlon and Regina Kate saying thank you for being with us today. Come back next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.